One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Kia ora and welcome to the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I am your host Jordan. I am mum to two beautiful little boys, Jai and Ali. I also host the Your Birth Project online hypnobirthing course and the Mini Kiwis First Aid course for parents of under five-year-olds and I have an online store attached to Your Birth Project which encompasses everything pregnancy, birth and postpartum related so just absolutely love that side of the business. I'm also a very, very passionate storyteller and a lover of all things birth so hence why I am leading you on this podcast. I'm not an advocate for any particular type of birth or model of birth care. I am simply here to hold space for this platform for you to share your beautiful stories with us all. You'll hear stories of joy, of heartbreak, of love, of loss, and each family has a different experience to share. I'm trying to bring to light stories that we often only tell in the darkest of places or to our closest of friends, but really are so important for everybody to hear. So I hope that you love the podcast of these beautiful families all over Aotearoa and I will let you jump into the podcast now. Enjoy. Today's episode of Kiwi Birth Tales is proudly brought to you by Your Birth Project, which is my online hypnobirthing course designed to help you create your best birth. And if you want to check out the course, you can use the code PODDY, P-O-D-D-Y in capital letters, and you will get 10% off the course. The course is designed to help you create your best birth regardless of where or how you want that to happen. It will educate you on the stages of labor. It's got an awesome birth partners section so that they can learn all about what will happen through your labor process and how to best support you. There are comfort methods and tools and breathing techniques that you can use in your labor and birth and I'm confident that once you've finished the course you'll be feeling empowered and like you've got the knowledge you need to make the best informed decisions for you and your baby at the time of your birth. So if you want to check it out, head to www.yourbirthproject.com or at Your Birth Project, and you will also find the online store there, which you can shop on if you're in New Zealand or Australia, everything pregnancy, birth, and postpartum related. So I would love for you to check it out. In this week's episode, I am speaking with Emma, and the lovely Emma takes us through her pregnancy and birth story with her beautiful new baby boy, Louis, who's almost four weeks old, and Emma takes us through initially having a low BMI and needing to gain weight to start ovulating again, so she worked with Sarah from My Monthly on that, and then actually spontaneously fell pregnant after two months of trying and not trying, (laughs) Um, And so she talks us through her pregnancy experience. She had a midwife here in Tauranga, um, where she wanted to give birth. She did the Your Birth Project course and also hatched antenatal online and in person. And then she talks us through her birth experience, which was in Tauranga Hospital. She ended up having an episiotomy to help little Louis into the world. But I will let her do a much better job of talking us through it. I hope you love the episode. I'd love to hear from you if you want to send me a message at Kiwi Birth Tales on Instagram or flick me an email, www.kiwibirthtales.com. All right, I hope you love the episode. Let's jump into it. Hi, Emma. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. No, I'm so excited to be speaking with you and sharing. So I'm very, (laughs) very happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, obviously, my name is Emma. I live here in Tauranga, um, beautiful facing sea. I live with my <laughs> husband, Luke. Um, we actually both grew up here, which is um, we came back a couple of years ago after being overseas. Um, so, we've got my husband, Luke. We've got two little fur babies. We've got Arlo, who's our toy caboodle. Um, he's three. We've got Austin, our schnauzer. Um, he's <laughs> one. And last but definitely not least, we've got our newest family member who is Louis. Um, Louis was born on the 7th of August um, and he is just a little dream boat. So um, he's only a few weeks old. I think he's, yeah, four weeks on Sunday. So that's our little family here. Mm. 
Cute, so yeah. cute, amazing. <laughs> and what was the journey like to pregnancy for you and Luke? Do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. So Luke and I had been living in Sydney um, three years and had got engaged and, you know, then COVID hit and after some time um, been away from family for so long, we made the, the move home to New Zealand. We got married, um, bought a house, kind of ticked off those boxes. And, and after a little while, we started thinking about, um, you know, starting a family. Um, it, you know, I kind of like backtrack a little bit. So while we got pregnant quickly, there had been some kind of steps before that. Um, I had lost my period after having a very regular cycle all my life, which was just down to a few bad eating habits, like intermittent fasting and things like that. Um, So when we started talking about starting a family, I realized that I needed to sort that out. Um, So I went to my GP. I also spoke to um, Sarah from Your Monthly, um, got like an eating plan. Um, We did some blood tests that um, tested my LH and progesterone just to see you know was I ovulating um, which showed at that time I wasn't so got the eating plan in place started putting on some weight um, and very quickly my period did come back it came back after I think a couple of months um, which was quite surprising because I still had like a little quite a bit more weight to put on to kind of be in that zone where they considered you know you'd be fertile you'd be able to have a pregnancy Um, so Luke and I kind of said like look I'm not going to get pregnant right now um, but we may as well just stop preventing it and see what happens mm. um, and to kind of everyone's shock my GP me Luke <laughs> we got pregnant I think on our second month of trying which was amazing um, so so stoked because I know it's not you know necessarily yeah. always an easy journey and, and we definitely have we're preparing ourselves for a longer journey um, yeah. initially I guess I had that thought of like shit I'm still you know, not quite where I would want to be in terms of weight. Um, yeah. A little bit worried in terms of what that would mean. Um, but, you know, baby was healthy, baby was growing. I was eating well. Um, I was just on the smaller side, um, but there was no no problem. So, yeah, I mean, easy, kind of easy journey to pregnancy, but without having those steps that I'd taken first, I think it would have been a lot different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And did your GP sort of tell you when you were pregnant, like, did you work with them or anyone else on an eating plan or you sort of already had the one and you just stuck with the one that you were already using? Yeah, I stuck with the one I was using um, from Sarah, from your monthly. Um, That was really good. It was um, really balanced. Um, And I just kind of found that once I was pregnant, like the thought around food just completely went. Like I just, had to eat what my body was craving mm. in that first trimester it was you know very beige carbs so <laughs> yeah. yeah I think anything salty so I just really kind of ate in tune with my body and it, yeah it worked you know um healthy baby healthy pregnancy so um, yeah just really stuck to that and kind of yeah had to really just listen to my body and not think like oh I should have this now it's like mm. what do I feel like um am yeah. I hungry at a random hour eat who cares <laughs> Yeah, yeah, awesome. Cool. And so when you found out that you were pregnant, did you have like symptoms that made you want to take a test or were you expecting your period? What sort of happened there? Yeah, so I, I'm I'm like, I'm just one of those people that kind of, I, I hate surprises. I'm always wanting to know what's happening. So <laughs> I think the first month we tried, um, I got my period and I remember just having that, that sinking feeling of like, oh, mm. damn, like it didn't work and you have all these thoughts. And then the second month, Oh, and that first, that, that cycle, I had the worst PMS. I was horrible. I, my <laughs> sister was living with us at the time, and she even said after, she was like, whoa, I was scared to talk to you. <laughs> and then the next month, as it was kind of getting closer to my, you know, when I would be expecting my period, because it, it was regular at this point, um, I started feeling really hormonal, had achy boobs. I got um, kind of like the, well, what I thought was cramps, but, like an implantation um, pain or tingling or something Mm. and then a bit of spotting and I remember saying to Luke I was like this is either going to be the worst PMS and just stay away from me for a week or I'm pregnant Um, and yeah it turns out I I I did a test early because I was 
you know, Chelsea gets a bit to know. That was <laughs> yeah. negative. I was like, all right, all right, wait a few more days. I'm not actually due to have my period yet. And then I did the test in the morning. My period hadn't come. I'd had some spotting, but then no, you know, um, full period. And then did the test and it was a really faint line. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know. And I like showed Luke. I was like, oh, that could be a, that could be a positive. And we were like, yeah, I'll go. So I was like, I'm not sure. I'll go get a digital one and I'll do it again tomorrow morning. Um, got the digital one, did it the next morning. Very clear it was a positive and, and now <laughs> I know, you know, even if there is a faint line, it was a positive. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of finding out and it was bizarre. Like I just walked into the room and I just gave it to Luke and we kind of just looked at each other. I think we were just a bit <laughs> in shock, to be honest. Like it's yes. not one of those. Yeah. stories where it was like super like we were gushing with tears and stuff we were just genuinely in, sh- in shock so, <laughs> yeah. it's so funny isn't it I always think about it like I don't know you go through like life when you're younger and you've got partners or whatever trying not to fall pregnant and then yeah. you get this positive pregnancy test and you're like shit yeah yeah I, can so I think relate. it felt a bit of relief um that hey we we did we could get we got pregnant um yeah was also there but then it was also like oh my god like we thought this was going to take ages we weren't expecting this to happen now and like yeah there's just so many thoughts going through your head in that second that yeah I wish I I had like a amazing story of us you know me surprising (laughs) Luke with it but it was very mundane like before work me just walking in the room with the chest being like oh my god (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah Awesome. And what was the rest of your first trimester like? Did you find a midwife and how were you feeling in the rest of that sort of 12 weeks? Yeah. So I had heard that it was hard to get a midwife. Um, so I got onto that ASAP, um, mm. found a lovely midwife who oh, I just couldn't rave more about her. I'm actually sad we have our discharge on Monday. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm actually going to really miss you. <laughs> yeah. um, so I went down the midwife path um, and that was that's been fantastic um and the rest of the first trimester I mean I definitely got nausea in the mornings um I would I had like a pack of salty crackers by the bed I'd been munching on those like 3am 4am um just to kind of curb that horrible feeling when you get out of bed um Mm. if I didn't eat something and got out of bed I would be really sick but um I never, I never spewed during that period. So yeah, pretty lucky there. Just that nausea probably from like week six to week, I want to say like 10, like it wasn't too bad. Um, Mm. But what I would say is I just, I did not feel myself. I didn't want to see anyone. I was feeling really antisocial. I just wanted to be at home. It was over Mm. the Christmas New Year period. So very social, festive season, everyone's drinking and I obviously hadn't told everyone at this point, like from like the work and mm. wider friend circle. So you kind of like go to these events and just don't want to be there, don't want to interact. Yeah. So I, I definitely didn't feel myself. Um, but lucky in the fact that I, you know, could get through the day and wasn't having to, you know, spew or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And did you decide to do all of the sort of standard testing that's offered in New Zealand? And did you want to find out the sex of your baby? Yeah, Luke and I, again, just both <laughs> don't do surprises, kind of control freaks, <laughs> yeah. that sort of A-type personality. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we did the NIT test because we, you know, we just thought, first baby, let's just make sure, mm. let's just do everything. Um, so we did that and we definitely wanted to find out gender as well early on. Um so when we when the NIT test results came back, um, my midwife texted my sister, um, what you know, boy or girl, and mm. then my sister organised like a popper, and we said like, oh, we'll do like a just a low key thing, couple of friends, do the popper, find out, um, and then as soon as my sister found out, me and Luke were like, nope, that's it, we can't wait, we need to know, and <laughs> um, <laughs> got my mum and my sister around to our house like that afternoon and just did it, just the just a few of us and videoed it and shared it with people but um we were just so desperate to know and mm. yeah it's quite funny because the poppers as well like I just I just am such a klutz and Luke has this amazing 
you know, the popper blew up and his expression's so cool. Like he was <laughs> over the moon. Like he said he didn't care, but when he saw that blue, I think he did care because he was ecstatic. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't pop mine. So all I've got um, is a really frustrated <laughs> face as I'm trying to pop this thing and convince it at the moment. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I mean, we did all the screening as well. We just wanted to be sure for the um, – the one with the, the, the really sugary drink. Oh, God. Yeah. That, for gestational diabetes yes. and all of that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, and all the normal scans as well for um, gosh, 12 weeks, 20 weeks. And then I ended up having an extra scan right at the end of my pregnancy as well just because they were concerned of baby's growth at, at the end because yeah. like, my fundal measurement hadn't changed. Um, but turned out just to be fine. He had just dropped really low into my pelvis. But, yeah, we went. Did all the all the normal stuff. Yeah, yeah, awesome, cool. And did you do any like antenatal classes or birth education or anything like that in your pregnancy? Yes, I did your course so early on. Like, I think I did your <laughs> course in like so we got I fell pregnant in November, and I think I did your course like over the summer break, so like a few months in. I was just I just loved learning all about it. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I did your course again closer to the end of my pregnancy and, and made Luke oh, awesome. watch him. Well, not made him, he was keen to, but watched some of them with me. Yeah. Um, we also did the hatched antenatal class. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. Which was really good. Um, lucky that, you know, Carmen's based here in Tauranga, so we actually went to one in person, which was cool. Cause oh, nice. Luke and I both have jobs where we are, you know, remote. We work on, on the laptop all day. Yeah. Um, it was kind of nice to go to something at yeah. the end of the day, that wasn't, again, online. Um, mm. Some people love it, but we were just like, oh, gosh, get us off our computers, Yeah, um, yeah. which was really good. And then we still got the online version. So, like, you know, as we got closer to due date, re- we rewatched ones like installing the car seat, um, how to bath the baby, all these sorts of things just to refresh. Mm. And we really enjoyed um, kind of that process. I think the one thing I would say is, you know, we went to the in-person antenatal and hoping to, like, grow a community as well like many yeah. other people down here that had babies were having babies but um because like the break in between or, like the tea break I guess was so short it's kind of like pressures on to go to the bathroom get a cup of tea yeah. and then try yeah. and make a friend and it kind of is a <laughs> yeah. little bit awkward um yeah. but really nice and that you know Facebook group after and there's the opportunity mm. to connect with people which has been nice as well and like yeah. Now that everyone's having their babies, they're sharing um, that as well, which is cool. Mm, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And did all of that sort of give you a guide or any sort of thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go? Like, did you have a birth plan or an ideal um, birth? I I was really open to anything. I kind of just, you know, whatever is going to be best for me and baby, I will go with it. Um, I have the mind. I had the mindset of like I've never given birth. I don't know what this is going to be mm. like. I don't know how it's going to feel like. I might want this. It's too hard to know, having not been through that. So I didn't really have a plan. My plan was just to go with the flow. Um, mm. We did kind of decide that a hospital birth. Um, we just felt more safe being the first and having all of that available. Mm. Um, as things did change down a different path. Um, I also knew that for me, the epidural was something I was pretty open to. So (laughs) may as well just be in the hospital in case that's what I decided I wanted. Um, I was keen to be in the, keen to be in the water and move and kind of do that. And, and, you know, one thing that I really took from your course was the breathing techniques and Mm. we'll talk about it soon, but those really got me through some of those really painful contractions. So, um, yeah, I, the only thing I was pretty clear on is that I didn't want IV um, drugs just because in the past I've got super nauseous on them so mm. I knew that um, if it got to the point where I was going to need you know some kind of more intense pain relief I'd go straight to an epidural rather than um, try yeah. any of that um, but yeah that was kind of it and um, you know plan was you know Tauranga Hospital was pretty strict around with COVID and stuff but mm. pretty late in my pregnancy they changed it and you can have an extra support person so I had Luke and I also had my sister um was really really cool and so glad I had both of them in the end um definitely just needed that extra like familiar face in the room Mm. she's a nurse so kind of someone that could explain things to me if things got a bit Mm. hectic and knows the hospital well um so yeah that was 
I guess the plan was to have no plan and go with the flow, which <laughs> we ended up having to do. So very glad that I wasn't too <laughs> set on something. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And were you doing anything like in the lead up to your labour? Were you doing the raspberry leaf tea or the perennial massage or um, antenatal expressing, any of that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think as soon as I hit 37 weeks, I was like, right, <laughs> get this baby like, out. Let's get this baby out. I was ready. Yeah. I think baby was ready. Um, so I did the, I was drinking so much raspberry leaf tea. And I think the as soon as we got home from, you know, having Louie, I, there was more left. I just literally chucked it in the bin. I was like, that, <laughs> I can't drink any more of it. There's just been too yeah. much. Um, yeah. I did the evening primrose oil um, capsules, just orally. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing antenatal expressing, um, which for me was more about like learning how to express and like mm. how my boobs work and where does the milk come from? Because you know, I did, I did freeze some and collect some as well, which was great. Um, but it was, yeah, more just becoming yeah. a bit more familiar, which was awesome in those early days. Yeah. Um, what else? I walked. I just walked and walked and walked. I was determined <laughs> to jiggle that baby out. Um, <laughs> sex, tried sex. So yeah. uncomfortable when you're heavily uh, pregnant. And yeah. in the end, I was kind of like, you know what? This baby's just going to come and he's going to come. I'm not yeah. going to like. Yeah. I think at the point where I decided I was overdoing all of that sort of thing is literally like the day before he um, decided <laughs> to come. So it's funny how yeah. things work out. And then yeah. I remember having this conversation with Luke being like, we're not even going to know what put me in labor because we're literally trying everything right now. So <laughs> it could be any yeah. one of these things. Yeah. 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 I think there'll be so many people that can relate to that. And yeah. babies are just like so cheeky, I reckon. They just wait for you to be like, oh, I'm stopping everything. I'm just yeah. going to relax. And then they're like, oh, I'm coming now. Oh, time to come. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. Louis was on, uh, he was on my, my right side head down. Um, so we really were trying to shift him to get onto that left mm. side in those last few weeks. Um, so I was sleeping on my left hand side every night. You know, when I was on the couch, I was always, you know, on my left trying to get him to spin around mm. fortunately he, he didn't spin um and he ended up not taking the short road around the front and going all the way mm. around the back but yeah. you know everything like that was just trying to get him into position but mm. he just wasn't playing ball so definitely definitely you know you just got to go with it I think at that <laughs> point but it does make you feel a little bit better to be trying things I think like I think it's yeah. something to focus on yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Can, can understand that for sure. And so did your labour end up starting spontaneously? Do you want to take us through if it did, how far along were you, and, yeah, what sort of happened from there? Yeah, so I started getting really uncomfortable at about 38 weeks, and I, I had a really, really good pregnancy, had been so mobile, and then kind of got to 38, 39 weeks, and I just got so uncomfortable. I had sciatic hip pain couldn't really walk as much, um, had lots of Braxton hicks that kind of felt like they would start to get become contractions in the night and then stop by the morning. So I wasn't really sleeping either. Um, had two stretch and sweeps. So um, I think I had my first one at, oh gosh, isn't it funny how like all the weeks and days blend, but I had, yeah. I had two, I had one on a Monday and I had another one on a Thursday. Um, and then my waters broke spontaneously on the Saturday afternoon um, when I was 39 and two. So um, I think I had the first, so I would have been over 38 weeks when I had my first sweep on that Monday, um, which was good. I was one centimetre dilated. It was um, kind of far back, but it was really stretchy and she could, she could do it. Um, and then another one on the Thursday. I don't know if those made me go into labour or not. Mm. Um, gave me a heck of a lot of contract, like Braxton Hicks and um, quite uncomfortable cramping. I mean, who knows? Again, I was literally trying everything. Mm. Um, so waters on that Saturday, I'd been really uncomfortable. I'd kind of been thinking in my head like, oh, I feel a bit off, but I don't want to say anything to Luke because I think I might just be reading into things again too much. Um we went for a little walk around the block that Saturday afternoon around like four. And I was like, Oh, I feel like my underpants feel quite weak. <laughs> like what's going on? I was like, I think we need to get back home. Um, went home, was 
sitting on the toilet and stood up and then there was just like a splat on the floor for this mm-hmm. clear liquid and I was like cool so I think my water's just broke that's like woohoo like yeah like yeah. we're on the clock now this baby's coming it was <laughs> almost it was it was exciting it was a relief but yeah. then yeah I think I'd had so many like false starts that week with you know Braxton Hicks and thinking it was all on I almost like still didn't think it was going to happen I don't know why yeah. um so yeah that that was Saturday afternoon around like 5 p.m contractions started around 9 p.m that night but I was only getting one every 10 minutes so it was very manageable it was like bad cramping um mm. I had this thought of like oh this is this is labor like we're all good maybe I should just go to the birth center like I could handle this um and then didn't pick up overnight um got to the morning feeling pretty deflated because still wasn't having regular contractions midwife called me and she was kind of said like right we're, we're on the clock now we do have to get baby out um and that really just gave us the option of going to the hospital and um, being induced so yeah that was that was the next plan and I think mm. um we got to the hospital around midday and um I hadn't really thought about like funny because I listened to so many of your podcasts and <laughs> I didn't listen to many of the induction ones um I don't know why I just didn't think it would have to happen mm. and um funny how that happens and then yeah so got to the hospital um midwife had a plan we were going to do this syntocin um induction uh so the drip in the arm and that really meant like you know the pain relief options I've been hoping or you know to get more comfortable kind of became more limited at that point like the water was going to be hard movement was going to be hard because you're mm. you know got the drip um and I just I also didn't realize this but that the that induction is, is very intense and very quick. Um, so we also just kind of said at that point, like, let's just try to get an epidural on board as soon as possible, um, yeah. given that that's really going to be my only pain relief option. Um, yeah, so that was that was going into labour. Um, not what I expected at all. Um, thought I was just going to, like, early labour at home, get far along in my contractions. Mm-hmm. Go to the hospital, pop the baby out. Um, so yeah, it, already it was so different to what I had expected. Um, yeah, yeah. But also at that point, I was just so ready for him to come out. I was just like, whatever it takes, mm-hmm. let's just do it. Like I don't, I don't mind now. I'll just didn't even really consider what these things were. I just wanted mm-hmm. him out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough I can understand that and so what sort yeah. of happened from there how long did the um syntocin take to sort of really work and were you getting internal exams and yeah do you want to talk us through the rest of your labor and into your birth story yeah absolutely so um got to the hospital like I said and around so I think they when I first arrived I had to be um examined by the registrar um just to confirm my waters had broken kind of funny that they did that now because and you know I was soaking mm. with my waters like <laughs> I just mind was blown about how much water was in my body um but she still wanted to do the examination which my midwife was like oh you know kind of hospital procedure but like she's literally soaking the bed yeah. um so we did that confirmed I was three centimeters at that point so you know things were moving along but just not fast enough um yeah and the registrar agreed that we could, you know, do the syntocin induction. Um, and so that got underway around midday. That started working really quickly. Um, mm. Within the hour, I probably had contracted, like, four, four contractions coming in 10 minutes, like, you know, four and 10, very intense. Um, we were still waiting on the epidural. So we, the anaesthetist arrived around one. And at that point, I was in a lot of pain. Um mm those contractions were intense and I just, you know, just trying to sit still while they do the epidural was just, I don't think I cried at any point, but that had tears in my eyes, just like having (laughs) to focus so hard on staying still while these like big contractions are coming through. Um, But got the epidural around one. Um, That was good. Um, but unfortunately for me, the epidural only worked on one side of my body. So my right-hand side, 
I could feel nothing. Um, couldn't feel any pain, but my mm. left hand side, I had a lot of feeling, um, really, really intense feeling as well. So, mm. um, we tried a few different things. We tried rolling on me onto my left hand side to kind of have the what they put through the epidural like drain into the left, but then baby's heart rate dropped, so we had to put me back on my back. Um, the anita just came back and he kind of looked at it um, and he was like, right, we can put some more, I can't actually remember the name of what they use, we can put mm. some more through the epidural, try and get more coverage on the on that left-hand side, um, see if that will work. So we did that. Um, unfortunately, that didn't work either. So at that point, you know, contractions were coming thick and fast, but I had mm. all the feeling in the left um, and it was, you know, we can try pull the epidural out and reposition it. Um, but then you could lose the pain relief and you're right was the risk. And at that point mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not prepared to lose the right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm just going to have to battle through this, which definitely not ideal. Cause I think for me, the epidural had always been like the, the saving grace. Like if all else fails, I'll have an epidural and I'll be sweet. Like I'll, I'll have this pain free birth and, um, mm. Yeah, that wasn't the case. Um, had really intense pain in my left hip, which had my sister and Luke literally rotating, had putting, I just wanted them to put all this pressure on my hip when contractions were coming. Um, and I had to take turns because my sister was like, we were having to push so hard, mm. like the amount of pressure I wanted on it um, when contractions would come. So, yeah, really um, that, you know, having that fail was something again, like I hadn't listened to those podcasts where people had, had failed epidurals and yeah. you know, that's ended up what happened ended up happening to me. Um, but it, you know, all a bit of a blur now. Um, mm. The good thing was, and I think the reason I kind of said, let's just push through and stick this out is within a few hours, I was six centimeters. So I knew. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I was progressing well and yeah. um, baby was was coming and I could if I could just kind of get through it then you know great they did offer me some gas um, and at that point I just felt like I'd tried everything I'd done everything and I just didn't opt for it and my sister she said to me after she was like I wish you had just had some gas like yes. <laughs> you were in so much pain but I just I don't know why I just didn't want it like I just felt like there was yeah. enough going on around me and I was like oh I don't need another thing that's yeah. might not even fix the pain in my left um yeah. so yeah that was that was kind of the epidural and then so we were six centimeters I think around like I think it was about five thirty. um yeah. in the afternoon my midwife was uh, gonna she was just like I'm gonna go have dinner I'm gonna be half an hour max her partner midwife that she was working with came for that half hour mm. um and in that half hour I started getting that intense um desire to push <laughs> um really just wanted to push like every contraction that was coming I just really was like come on yeah. um so they got my midwife back and they examined me again at that point and I was 10 centimeters so I was good to start pushing um so I think I started pushing at six o'clock um yeah wow pushing was <laughs> satisfying in the fact that like I felt like we were getting closer but oh my god so exhausting so I pushed yeah well I think in the end for an hour 40 um and just you know I it kind of amazes me that you that we have that stamina to do that know, so many times like yeah. your whole body is just oh yeah just blows my mind and I don't even think <laughs> you can describe what you're feeling like that's why I'm kind of just not really making my point here but like it's just 
it's something else. And Luke actually tells a funny story of like, because my mum at the time was wanting updates, like what's happening, what's happening to my sister. And my sister was like, I literally didn't have time to message. Like there was just so much going on. Things were happening fast. And Luke tells a story of like literally having one hand behind my back to hold me up when a contraction would come. He had another leg, another hand by my foot um, to help me like where I was pushing. And then he had his chin over my knee pulling it back because I kept trying to shut my legs. Um, He literally had like two hands and a chin holding me and he was telling me he was telling my mum and he was like so that was why there was not much ability for like updates like me and Sophie were pretty pretty involved pretty hands-on at that point yeah yeah um but I had my sister on one side Luke on the other and I think you know I really think of when black people were having babies and COVID and not having that support because I just absolutely really leaned on them and they like just having them by my head and having them there supporting me was oh just I think it's kind of everything that keeps you going um I started getting frustrated though because everyone kept saying look we can see the head we can see the head Mm. but that felt like it went on for like an hour that his head was right there um and his head just wasn't coming through like I was getting I was using those breathing techniques um for every contraction and that was amazing again it gave me that something to focus on um it doesn't didn't take the pain away or anything but it was just that you know I could breathe through them mm. um you get those breaks in between which were just like oh bliss then you feel one start building up and you're like oh my god yeah. here we go again yeah. um so yeah pushed for an hour 40 all up I think when we got to about an hour 20 they were kind of thinking like oh you know kind of getting a bit worried about like whether I'm gonna be able to actually get him out at that point like getting exhausted um the head was right there he was right there but he just wasn't coming through um so he ended up doing an episiotomy um which didn't feel a thing I that was probably the thing I was most concerned of pre going into labor or anything and wouldn't it couldn't like if I hadn't been asked about it I wouldn't have even known I'd had one at the time um so I don't know why I was so worried about that and then that you know kind of helped a little bit but he just needed that extra assistance at the very end um so had the Bontus I think only for like two contractions that that was actually on and it was just kind of the, the just that little bit he needed to get out and um reason all this kind of he was struggling to get out so much as he had his um, thumb in his mouth so it wasn't oh. his head trying to come through he had his little <laughs> yeah. hand up there too so just, you know, really really <laughs> testing me right from the start yeah. um yeah. but yeah I mean after all of that we got our little Louie out and I just remember Luke saying to me because I was kind of a bit like dazed at that point he's just like oh my god he's perfect um and Luke was all, Luke was crying, my sister was crying, and I think I was just, like, so relieved that he was out and um, mm. heard his little cry, and, um, yeah, I mean, then it's all kind of all forgotten quite quickly after that one, yeah. you're actually there, isn't it? It's amazing. It is, it is, yeah, yeah, awesome. And, yeah, what sort of happened next, like, what was happening in the room, and, um how were you feeling immediately after he was born? And yeah, do you want to talk yeah. us through that? So I think like I knew, I knew he was about to come out because all of a sudden you realize like there's a lot of people in the room. Like I kind of looked mm-hmm. around after being like pretty focused on what I was doing. And I was like, Oh, there's a lot of people here. Like I think he's, he's literally about to come out. Um, and so he came out, they put him straight up onto my chest. And I just remember looking at him being like, Oh my God, like that, that's my baby. Like that's what's <laughs> been, in my yeah. tummy this whole time and he's here and mm. I always yeah he he looks so cute and I never thought I would <laughs> think that because they're all kind of funny and you know <laughs> yeah. but I just remember thinking he was so cute and Luke was right by me and he was just kind of quite emotional which was really yeah. cute I wasn't emotional as such I was just like I think you've just been through this huge thing and it's almost yeah. like a bit of disbelief that they're there and it's over and um yeah. So he got checked 
Um, he was on my chest for a little bit and then they, you know, did a quick check to make sure he was all okay um, yeah. and put him back on my chest pretty quickly. Um, Luke cut the cord. Um, we'd all given him heaps of grief pre me going into labor because he faints at the side of his own blood. But um, yeah. he was totally fine in that, that like, delivery room. He's not once um, looked white or nauseous. He said it was just, he was just completely amazed. So he was loving like, doing the cord and everything and um then oh gosh I had to obviously because I've had the episiotomy I had to have the you know kind of be stitched back up um so yeah. my feet were up and oh that was not fun um yeah my epidural was very much worn off and could feel yeah. things and I was just trying to focus on Louis on my chest and, and be distracted by him mm-hmm. um which was a very good distraction um, yeah. But I just was like so excited to get my feet out of the stirrups and close my legs. Like that was all I could think about. I, was <laughs> yeah. like, I just want to close my legs. I'm sick of everyone yeah. being down there. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that kind of all went relatively quickly as well. Obviously, the yeah. centre came out um, weirdly satisfying. Like I thought that was so satisfying. Um, yeah. It's bizarre, but yeah. Um, and then they kind of asked me, like, do you want to keep it? Do you want to do anything? And I was just, I think I was just so over everything at that point. I was like, no, I don't even want to look at it. Like, get it away. <laughs> My sister yeah. actually went and checked it out because she was just like, oh, this is interesting. Um, mm. But, yeah, I think I was just a bit over yeah. pregnancy and labor at that point. I just wanted yeah. to be with my baby. Yeah, um, so that all went pretty quickly. Louie was seven pounds six, which – um, you know, decent sized little bump. Yeah. Everyone thought yeah. he was going to be smaller, um, just because you know we were worried about growth later in my pregnancy. Yeah. But no, he was happy little boy. Um, had you know dark hair like his dad. Everyone was like, oh, he's going to look like Luke. He's going to look like Luke. But it's already got so much lighter in a few weeks. So <laughs> who knows? Still hope he might look like me as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then you know from there it was pretty quick. My midwife. We were really keen to go to the Bethlehem Birthing Centre. Um, so she got on the phone pretty quickly to see if there was a space, um, which there was. So I just had to go through normal discharge at the hospital. Um, yeah. And then I would be able to go. So he was born at 7.37pm on Sunday night. Um, unfortunately, with Tarot Hospital, once you're kind of out of the delivery room and on the ward partners aren't able to stay so I was mm. set in my mind that I was going to be not staying there and getting to the BBC even if it meant going you know early hours of Monday morning I just mm. didn't really want to stay in the hospital without Luke so um went through the normal discharge um you know had to be able to stand um after the epidural had to pass urine twice do those sorts of things um, yeah. They just had to monitor Louie for a little bit, make sure he was all okay, um, which was, you know, all fine. It was, you know, Luke had to leave at, I think, about 11 p.m., which is just, it's just such a weird feeling when you've just been through this, like, life-changing experience. You've got this brand-new baby, and then your husband or, you, you know, if it was your partner, they, they're not there. Um, so that felt really bizarre, and I just, I just was pretty much... They were like, just rest, you know, close your eyes for a little bit. And I was like, I, like, there's no way I can sleep right now. Like, so much adrenaline pumping. And um, Luke went home, had a quick shower and just came back and waited in the car basically till we got the, the okay to go. Mm. And um, we ended up arriving at the BBC at around like 4 a.m. on Monday morning. Um, yeah. Which, you know, I think I felt so emotional arriving there because it's just, you know, it's, it was just this little safe haven. Yeah. I was so hungry at this point because like, I hadn't eaten for like a day. And they, I remember they were showing us around and they were like, yep, so there's all this toast in the freezer. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to eat toast. And they had Vogels. And I just, even that made me emotional. I was just so happy to be there. And <laughs> it's just the silliest little things. But, yeah, it was for me and Luke and Louie, we just kind of, we wanted to be together. So if it meant going yeah. at 4 a.m., that was that was what we were going to do. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
such a, I mean, the hospital people, the hospital staff and everyone was fantastic, like so lovely. I think it was just about being together. And I was yeah. just like, oh my God, there's this little, this little tiny baby. And I was like, I, I'm not, I'm, I can't, I don't want to do a night by myself. <laughs> get back. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> and how long did you stay in the birth center for? What was it like there? Yeah. How did you find those first few days? Oh, I would say to anyone, if you can, and there's availability, just to, it was the best two days for Luke and I after, yeah. you know, a birth that wasn't, not that I had a plan. It was not how I envisioned my yeah. birth. Um, I was pretty sore as well. I'm pretty uncomfortable at that point. And yeah. just to be there and be looked after and have this, you know, we were just in our little room, just the three of us. It was just the perfect transition before heading home. And mm. we were there for so Monday night and Tuesday night, and we left Wednesday. Um, the midwives there were just so lovely, so helpful, um, helping me establish feeding as well. Like they mm. were just available all night, all day, providing tips and helping with latch and all those sorts of things, which I think has led to, you know, played a huge part in Louie and I having a so far very successful breastfeeding journey um and I would have been a bit lost without that I think um Mm. he was just it was just amazing and didn't realize that you know that you know the second night after baby's born when they kind of wake up it's um can be a pretty tough night um Mm. and we we definitely had that on the Monday night I think we slept maybe two hours but having the midwife there that would come in and chat to you and you know even in the middle of the night it was just yeah it was great it would have been we would have got through obviously and you can get through 100 percent. but for us being the first time it was just yeah I I always have like very fond memories of it it was just nice we just lay in the bed all day and looked at Louie and um (laughs) kind of adjusted to our new life before heading home um yeah so yeah that was epic food also yeah. was epic the monday night there was this burger and luke said it just filled him with so much joy watching me just inhale a burger after <laughs> being through he was just like kind of just reassured me you were back and you were okay like then you just <laughs> yeah. eat so happily yeah 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 awesome and how did you find going home like was were you nervous to take louis home were you ready to go home yeah what was that like for you ready to go home I was kind of like mm-hmm. you know as lovely as it says we need to like get into our own routine I was keen to be in our own space um and just start our kind of you know the next chapter of our life as our family mm-hmm. at home so definitely felt ready um and at that point you know we were feeding was going well um that first day he kind of wouldn't latch so I was just expressing and we were feeding it for a little kind of cup or a little syringe but by that second day, he was latching and felt like we were kind of making leaps and bounds. So I felt better about going home. Mm. Um, and going home was really nice. Um, just we seeing our two dogs react to Louie was something that I'd looked forward to for <laughs> forever. And their reaction was just absolutely beautiful. They were so yeah. excited and yeah. doting of their little brother. Um <laughs> So it was just nice to be home and it's just those home comforts as well, I think. And, mm. you know, having your bed and um, all those things. And we didn't have heaps of visitors, but we had kind of agreed before Louis' arrival that we would take it slow with visitors, really just maximise the, the time just the three of us yeah. getting to know each other. We had immediate family, but they would be like really quick, kind of like half an hour quickly meet Louie, check that we were okay or drop off food or something. But that first mm. week was really just pretty much Luke and I, um, Louie and the dogs, which was <laughs> so nice. Um, and it was something that had been kind of recommended to me by a lot of people. And I'd heard people speak about it on your podcast. was just really not rushed for ha- to have visitors. Mm. Like he's not going to change much in a week and, and they can come the week after and just, yeah. You know, I, my my view for Luke was that I wanted to be out of a nappy before everyone was, like, coming <laughs> to the house. Like, just, yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to be more comfortable in my own, yeah. in my own self and yeah. all those sorts yeah. of things before everyone's coming over. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. 
Yeah. And how are you feeling mentally? Like it's just such a huge adjustment, right? You've got ah. this new baby and you're just, yeah, it's such so just life-changing. So, yeah, how were you feeling mentally over those first few weeks? It's been something quite interesting for me because I thought I was like a, you know, I think I thought at the time while I was pregnant I was really enjoying it and, you know, I felt a bit hormonal but not too bad. But since giving birth and having Louis here, I kind of reflected on the fact that I think I was, you know, not super happy pregnant and I think Mm -hmm. I found – it tougher than I maybe realized because I, you know, I was prepared for baby blues. I was prepared to, you know, feel quite emotional and all those sorts mm. of things, but I've just been quite like on a high. And even still now, like I just feel like myself again. Um, yeah. I feel like, oh, don't get me wrong. There is tough times where I'm just like, Oh my God, this is overwhelming. Yeah. And there's this little human that's so dependent on me. And when, Mm-hmm. they cluster feed it's so exhausting but I still think I'm I'm better mentally and and myself with Louis here and kind of in mm-hmm. that fourth trimester than I was in my pregnancy I just yeah I feel really good in myself and quite content with our little family here at home um yeah. Luke's had four weeks of work um so been lapping up and he's been super hands-on I think I've done two nappies this whole time <laughs> maybe three yeah. um I think the only thing I'm feeling now is like with him returning to work um next week and just you know that readjustment again of like okay now it you know it's gonna be more time just yeah. Louie and I and, and that's gonna be more full-on and you know yeah. um just trying to balance that and adjust again and we will but it will yeah. take some time and um, but you know, I, the I had you know, lot, I didn't have any expectations on myself for these first few weeks, and yeah. especially with feeding and stuff. But um, he's sleeping well and he's feeding well, so I think that's all you can really ask for at this stage. Um, yeah, putting on heaps of weight. He's a little chubby guy now, and <laughs> um, loves the feed. Like I just feel like that's all I do but I guess that's my main <laughs> yes. my main purpose for him at the moment which I'm okay yeah. with um so yeah and I've actually been loving this this time which wasn't expecting to you know I really yeah. did not expect to yeah 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 awesome and what about like your birth recovery physically how have you found yeah. the recovery to be over the past sort of four or so weeks and yeah. um yeah no head and episiotomy so how have you found that yeah, I so that was really sore for a good, I want to say, week. Um, mm. I just literally was the frozen pads, um, the Viva La Volva, <laughs> um, yeah. frozen packs, everything. I, you know, the healing spray, I was, it was uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Definitely, like I think as well, because you're sitting so much to feed, but you can't really sit properly because mm. it's just sore. Um, so I was, yeah, taking pain relief and doing the frozen pads a lot that really started to ease in the second week and so did the bleeding which was nice um felt like things were starting to feel a bit better um what else in terms of oh my I've still had some hip pain which kind of started before Louis came I went and saw an osteo which helped hugely with that um but I think as well like you're just so sleep deprived in those first few weeks and your body's exhausted from birth and trying to mm. heal and recover. There's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, I mean, now I'm, you know, we were pretty, I was pretty quickly able to start moving again, start walking. I was really keen to get out and about. Everyone was like, Oh, it's, you're out and about so early, like amazing. But I was like, I just, I need to, even if it's just sitting at a, you know, sitting outside and having a coffee mm. somewhere for me mentally that was huge. Um, just to, to do those things and feel normal again. Um, just you know, walking. Um, I love doing little outings and stuff. We did one with the dogs, which I regret now because it was just way too much. <laughs> yeah. Need baby steps, but um, yeah. So I guess the haven't my midwife was like you can look at you know down there and get a mirror and see what it looks like she's like it looks exactly the same like don't worry I was like I just 
I'll just trust the process and I'll look like it's completely <laughs> yeah. healed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I found it funny, like, at our last midwife appointment, she was like, right, so at 21 days post-birth, like, your very fertile, so you need to start thinking about contraception. I was like, you, there's just no need to worry about that. No. Like, I am, <laughs> that area has been through enough. It's going to have a little, yeah. little vacation. Um, Amen. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, yeah wowza. No way. Yeah. Um, yeah. That needs to have some time. But I think, you know, from what my midwife has said, it's all healing beautifully and haven't had any um, nipple damage, touch wood, to date. Um, yeah. Definitely a bit engorged, which can be painful at times. But, you know, just getting that to all balance out and mm. get the supply established and stuff. So, yeah, so far yeah. so good. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. That's awesome. It's yeah. so nice to hear. Um, like, obviously, everybody has a different experience, but it is just, yeah, really nice to hear that you're doing really well and things are going well for you both. Um, and is there any, like, has there been products that you've used either for you or for Louis that you're like, yep, I would 100% recommend those if it was, you know, within someone's means? Yeah, um, I was thinking about this because I remember when I was listening to them, I was like, oh, that sounds like a good product. Like, I'll get yeah. that. Um, for Louis, um, I would say, like, the, the we have this, like, baby lounger, which is kind of – it looks like a little cloud bed thing. Um, we got the dimples one. Um, yeah, it was actually a gift at our baby shower, which has been absolutely amazing because it means we can just kind of move him around the house. He sleeps in it during the day, and he's so cozy and content in yeah. there. Um, so that would be a big one. Um, the other one is just white noise machines. Um, so we've got two. We've got a, a Shusha and this Mooney Bear, which my mum yeah. actually got for Louis. Um, and the Mooney Bear just looks like a little stuffed toy, but he's got um, a little white noise machine in him, which does like the womb sound. It does see, and it's you know even I think once Louis weaned off it, I'll probably just keep it in here because it's so relaxing and I'm obsessed with it now but the white noise has been awesome Louis also loves the vacuum cleaner um any sort of noise puts him to sleep basically he doesn't like silence so we've always got music playing things happening I remember the first few days we were like nervous we'd wake him if we Mm. turned a smoothie machine on or or the vacuum but he loves it puts him to sleep so white noise is another one I would recommend and then for me I was trying to think about this um Definitely some comfortable feeding clothes would be a big one. Um, you know, shirts, um, so you're not having to, like, try get T-shirts off and stuff. That would be a big one, especially in those mm. first few days when they're just cluster feeding and you constantly feel like you've got your top off and your boobs out. So <laughs> having something like that is really nice. And then, yeah, the Viva La Volva products for me were huge, obviously, with the episiotomy, um, the ice packs, the healing spray. Um, they were all amazing and I've also used the silverettes which I think has helped with me having kind of no yeah. damage at this point and um, no cracks or anything so those I think would be my top ones um, yeah I, I went to town on everything um, and it's amazing some stuff you just haven't even I haven't even touched it yet well, um, I and was like, the same yeah <laughs> Yeah. And in my hospital bag, I've had packed, like, everything under the sun and half of it didn't even get used because yeah. my hospital experience was not what I expected. Yeah. Well, oh, actually, one more thing I would recommend completely is <laughs> such a basic one, but the Kiwi Crush. Yes. Thank God for Kiwi yeah. Crush. <laughs> yes, 100% agree. <laughs> yeah, late pregnancy and postpartum, just get it in you however yeah. you can because that yeah. was the – scary few moments when you've got to, you know, yes, ask that yeah. first one and that can be <laughs> yeah. <crush> out. <laughs> so one other thing I forgot to mention, um, which was a bit of a lifesaver for me um, in those early labor stages and also when I was getting some bad breaks and hicks was um, the TENS machine. That was oh, yeah. amazing. Um, didn't really know what they were and it was something I got later on um, that my midwife recommended. And that relieved so much pain for me. And I mm. had it on until I got that epidural in. And, yeah, it's, it's a funny little thing how it works. But I think if anyone is, you know, thinking maybe they're going to do a long labor at home or, you know, anything like that, um, 100% recommend that TENS machine. It is 
epic. So yeah, yeah. that would be something else I'd, I'd, I'd do over again. I'd, I borrowed one this time, but if I have other babies, I'll be buying one to keep because <laughs> yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're actually really good for like, um, muscle spasms and like back pain and stuff like that after pregnancy too um i've used mine hate cool well thank you so much emma for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with me i know there'll be lots of other people out there that really enjoy it so super grateful that you took the time and louis just gorgeous i love your updates on instagram so yeah thanks for sharing oh thank you for having me i was so excited to share after having listened to so many myself i think um, <laughs> if i can help one person out there or give them a bit of hope for any part of the state then that's amazing really cool yeah. thank you so much for having me no worries thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of kiwi birth tales that is brought to you by your birth project the online hypnobirthing course you need to create your best birth which is now accompanied by the online store with everything pregnancy birth and postpartum so if you want to check it out www.yourbirthproject.com or at your birth project on Instagram or Facebook. I look forward to bringing you another beautiful birth story next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.